Oh yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess I take it for granted, right? That like, like I've never known a Lou Reed that doesn't that didn't make Street Hassle and that didn't make The Blue Mask and that didn't make right, Songs right. from Drella, right? Like this was all there from the very beginning for me. And obviously that's stuff that comes years and years after Berlin, if you're living through it at the time. So that makes sense. You know, I, I totally get that. At the same time, Berlin is just so like, whether or not it's your kind of thing, right? I, I totally understand like sort of being disgusted by it and finding it distasteful. Um, but that's kind of the, kind of the fucking point. And like, for someone who takes rock music seriously, like Rolling Stone magazine, for instance, which fucking panned it back then, like it should be clear, you know, on its face whether or not it's a real pleasant experience that just like, man, this guy fucking knocked it out of the park here. Yeah. But yeah, it, I mean, I guess you just people wanted Transformer Part Two from him at that at that moment in time. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it wasn't clear that like he was going to ever come back to rock music in in earnest. Like, it's so different that. I think that it was just it really confused people and they that when you don't know really who he is which nobody really did like it yeah it it, it was a, it just shows how much of like a fearless artistic gesture and risk it was and it's very uh, I, I imagine it being just uh, supremely rewarding for him to now be able to con- recontextualize it against all this other material and show that, like, no, it does make sense, but you had to wait to really see how. How do you think it feels? When do you think it stops? Well, 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 how do you think? Then we've got Vanishing Act, which, like, that's, like, case in point. Like, we didn't really talk that much. about. We didn't talk a lot about it when we talked about The Raven. But, I mean, Vanishing I Act... We, is, we did talk about We just it. said it was great because it's, like, right. we didn't have much to say beyond that. And I don't know that I do except that this version of it is especially um, clear and un- unaffected. He just gives it a very clear-eyed rendition and and I think this is better than the the version on on the album just in terms of like the natural sound of it how how real it is with those strings which the one thing you could say about the the Raven version is just that it maybe veers into schmaltz like a little bit right thank you this next song features Michael on the Zitar keyboard, and it's really a beautiful song called Vanishing Act. I hope you like it. I really do feel like, contra someone like Bob, who has always just been like, fucking, you, you take it or leave it. You can keep up with me if you want, and it, no, no skin on my fucking back if you, you know, don't get it and, and don't dig handy dandy or whatever. I'm just going to keep doing yeah, my fucking fuck thing. Yeah. yeah, I feel like Lou is kind of like, was a little sensitive yeah, about he cared like his more the stakes are yeah high. his reputation and 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 um the the reception that a lot of his shit received over the years and so so much of what he was doing in the last 10 15 years of his life i think was really catered towards consciously or not catered towards 
kind of proving <laughs> proving the haters and the losers wrong. Um, and uh, and so Vanishing Act showing up here in the midst of this uh, career spanning set list is I think that's exactly why it's why why it works. Yeah, I find I think that makes him much more relatable than Bob Dylan. Um, like as just a, a human being, like Bob Dylan is kind of characterized by being having decided very early on in his life that like certain rules just weren't going to be the one he wasn't going to follow. He was not going to care about certain things. And if he did, he was not going to show it at all. And like whenever he didn't know what to do, he always had the, the traditional music and the folk music and things that I think he understood rightly to be like, outside of time and was really connected to from the very beginning and i think that lent him a, a confidence that was is kind of otherworldly like he doesn't depend on the the thoughts of other people and like that great quote of his that um i i've have been just looking at again recently cuz it's i think it's the funniest thing that he ever said maybe but also just one of the the very best it was in like a interview with Playboy from 1966 where he says all these songs about roses growing out of people's brains and lovers who are really geese and swans that turn into angels. They're not going to die. It's all those paranoid people who think that someone's going to come and take away their toilet paper. They're going to die. Mm. And like, that is the attitude of Bob Dylan. Like what the fuck is he talking about in the first part of that? Like that's something only Bob Dylan really knows. But he has a strong connection to it. And and Lou Reed, I think, is a much more normal person in terms of his relationship to music. Like he he's likes an average guy. He's an average guy. He likes doo wop. He likes baseball. He he likes hot dogs. Uh he's more of an all American, I mean, just football playing kid from Long Island. And so when he makes these forays into more challenging and transgressive and personal music it doesn't he doesn't have this thing to fall back on of like oh well i have like eternity itself at my back he really is more like giving himself to the current moment and yeah is vulnerable to it yeah yeah totally yeah i mean you're 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 absolutely right like bob has like a fucking extra dimensional aura around him right like he feels like a god on earth in in many ways uh and and just like like he's from another dimension because he Um, he is (laughs) yeah and lou does not lou does not have that you know he's absolutely just you know uh literally uh you know a dude uh from from uh out out on long island um and the fact that he is able to transcend that that you know set of circumstances and and where he comes from and still become Lou fucking Reed uh, is is what makes his story so remarkable and amazing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know, he like if he got the reaction to self portrait that Bob got right, I, like I think Bob was stoked to get the reaction to self portrait that Probably. came through, right? Yeah. Uh, but if Lou got the reaction to self portrait, that same thing, he would be like, you know, fuck you. Uh, <laughs> this is good shit. I real I worked really hard on this. Yeah, he might have just go stopped. fuck yourself. I mean, th- I'm reminded also of the thing where he, you know, right after the Velvets broke up, he pivoted to poetry and just doing poet reading poetry yeah yeah. and uh working at his dad's fucking accounting firm and writing poetry that's not something that is uh, apparently it wasn't you know like super warmly received um and that may be one of the more 
terrifying things you can do if unless you just kind of like figure out a way that it it's not and and it sort of seems like Lou Reed abandoned that a little bit and then would kind of dip back into that aspiration at varying points throughout his career and then toward the end he really embraces it and like finds a way back into it and gives it everything he has with Lulu and the Raven I think is kind of the gateway to that point where through Edgar Allan Poe which is like yeah you you read it in school it's like not something that is so uh, obscure but it has that that thing that extra dimensional quality that like gives you that otherworldly confidence because if you can connect to that and you really know that that's that you're like you're shooting for something that is transcendent then that gives you license i think uh to to really just go for it and not worry about what other people think but it seems like his career is kind of a a long road to to really allowing himself to do that yeah, and then you got ecstasy here, which ecstasy. is like you know, uh, there like that, this sounds so good. Ecstasy, I love is, this ecstasy. That that's the record where like you can really see him doing just that, like being being really comfortable putting just his biggest poetic swings in, like effortlessly, it's seemingly effortlessly into the rock milieu. Yeah, but still, exactly, still operating as, you know, a rock artist making a rock record versus something like The Raven, where he really is just outside of that genre uh, at that point fully. It does have rock songs on it, but it is not a rock record. Ecstasy is a rock record, but pushed to the very limits of what Mm -hmm. that kind of category can contain. Which means it's like one of the greatest rock records. That's like what the great rock records, I think, have is that thing where it's like it's almost not rock music. 